Wake up in the morning, make you two sloppy eggs. Find a piece of cheese and put it on some bread. Have a cup of joe, and the next thing that you know, it's time for you to hit the road. Make my day, I like it in the morning. Make my day, and even in the afternoon. Make my day, sometimes in the All right, everybody, welcome back to Make My Day. We have a fantastic episode for you today. We have Nick Hinton on the show. Nick Hinton is one of Twitter's top conspiracy theorists. He has 115,000 followers of people on Twitter who always wait in anxious anticipation, waiting for his newest conspiracy thread. He is uh, someone I've followed for a while. He's got a lot of cool content and i'm excited to talk to him about what the heck is going on with reality and the nature of reality what the heck is going on with the nature of reality we had a crazy wild week we had uh trump supporters uh storm the capitol in what the media is calling an insurrection a coup attempt they attempted to coup the government uh they didn't coup them they didn't get to coup them they did uh, they did stop the electoral college certification for a little while. Eventually, they they ended up changing their mind. They're like, you know what, Biden won. And we're going to give it to Biden this time. Uh, you know, and the Trump supporters were close. They almost got it done. They had the horn guy, Jank and Jelly, is what they're calling him nowadays. Q Shaman. He's a uh, he's on Actors Access or backstage or whatever it's called. You can check him out if you want to hire him. I think he might be in jail now, so you might have to wait. There's probably a line. I know a lot of people are trying to get celebrity endorsements, things like that. I don't know. Cameo's really hot right now. You could use Cameo. Maybe he's on there. I don't know. How are you guys doing? It's a lot going on. This has been a crazy time. Uh, Jan 20th, we have John Biden's inauguration. He's going to be our 46th president, which will be exciting. He's got Kamala Harris as his vice president. She's ready to take, she's ready to, you know, step up if need be. If need be, if he gets tired, if he gets tired, then she's right there. She's her, his his uh, right-hand woman, and his left-hand woman would be Jill Biden, his wife. And there's a lot of exciting times coming up, you know. Uh, we, you know, we still got coronavirus. We're excited about that. We're excited. Lots of people are getting the vaccine. I'm seeing a lot of people posting on social media. They're like, I got the vaccine. Nothing happened. I'm fine. I didn't die. I didn't die. I so get it. And some people are like, well, I can't get it. And so they're going to have to figure that part out. You know, maybe they should partner with Jeff Bezos and Amazon.com, especially since Amazon has pretty much sponsored the the uh, coronavirus lockdowns. They've made a lot of money on this one. Uh, a lot of mom and pop businesses having a hard time. Mom, pop, brother, sister, aunt, uncle businesses. They're not doing as well pretty much just Walmart, but that's a mom and pop. That's a family business too, so it's not a good example. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just been a wild and wacky time. I hope that uh, you guys are staying safe, as they say. I love when they say that. I check out at the grocery store with a pint of ice cream or two, and I say, <clears throat> I say, can I buy this? And they say, yeah, sure. That'll be $5. And I say, no tax? They said, no tax today for you. Thank you. And I say, great. And I sw- I insert the chip of my card, and they say, you're going to have to enter in your PIN now. And I said, okay, well, don't look at that. 
don't look at my pen. And they say, great, no problem. You want a receipt? I said, no, thank you, no, thank you. And they say, you want a bag? I said, well, let me think about that for a sec. And they say, no, I'm good. I think I can handle it. And they say, great, stay safe. I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, coronavirus, you could get it. And if you get it, there's all sorts of shit that could happen to you and your fucking family. So be fucking safe. Stay safe. Have a good day. And I say, okay, thanks a lot. And, uh, you know, it's just been a wild time. So, yeah, I'm curious to hear about how you guys are feeling. Uh, phone lines are open. Let's take some calls. Caller number one, you're on Make My Day. Yeah, hey, Marcus. It's hey. me, Ron Dillon. Hey. And I'm sorry to say, but uh-huh. this election was stolen. I can't mm. let it go. We were so close at the Capitol. Mm-hmm. I've been following Q for a long time. And sure. he said that you just got to follow the storm yeah. and it's going to happen. And to be yeah. honest with you, I've been watching the weather and the storms look like it's a coming. Yeah. So we still got a couple of days left. Mm-hmm. It's Jan 10th when I'm calling right now on the Make My Day. Uh-huh. Correct. And the Jan 20th is when John Biden is supposedly, quote unquote, going to become our next president. That's correct, yeah. So when I see where things are adding up, I'm thinking there's still got, that Trump's still got a shot. Mm. So I'm not giving up hope. I think we got this. The election was stolen, mm-hmm. and this is a big Chinese conspiracy, mm-hmm. and I know that it's true. Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sold on it. I've seen some of the I've seen some of the claims. I've seen I've seen some of the complaints. You know, one of the things that was weird the the poll watchers weren't really allowed to watch. I mean, you know, we do have the COVID nineteen coronavirus nineteen pandemic, so they were standing about six feet back. Some were standing seven, maybe eight feet back. It's hard to see some things, especially tiny little bubbles. Uh, who they're voting for, what's going on in a, on a ballot when you're standing that far back. You know, there's some complaints, and and those complaints are valid. The question is, is it is it worth uh, overthrowing the 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 whole uh, U.S. government? And some people say yes. Some people say it's time for for an overthrow of the the whole U.S. government. But you know, uh, most uh, milk toast Americans are, they want to they want to live their lives. They want to live their lives. They're ready for COVID to be over. They're ready for the next stimulus package, and they're ready to have a good time. You know, so I I hear what you're saying. I appreciate the call. But as far as it being a Chinese globalist New World Order takeover, yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. I have Disney Plus, so I see what's going on. Caller number two, you're on Make My Day. Yeah, hey, Marcus. It's me, Angela Thompson. I watch the events of Monday Day, Mm -hmm. and I am perplexed. I just don't understand why, how there could be Americans who are just seeing a completely different, uh, they're just, they're just not based in reality. These people are trying to attempt a coup on our government, my Mm. government, and I am not here for it. I will not stand for it. I do not understand why they're still on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I do not understand why they still got Johns, and I don't think that they belong in my country. Mm. John Biden won fair and square, and I want them to freaking quit it. I Mm. want them to to shut up, and Mm. I just can't take it. I'm at my wits end. I don't know what to do. Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. Well, thanks, Angela. I appreciate the call. Yeah, I think a lot of Americans agree with you. Uh, even the ones who were in support of Donald Trump, they are not in favor of storming the Capitol in a coup-style insurrection. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't want—I don't know what to say. I'm a big—I'm a big free speech guy. I—I uh, I think people should be allowed to say things. Um, 
But you know, I'm not a big uh, free action guy when it, in ter- it comes to violence. I don't think that people should be allowed to be violent unless someone has been violent upon them. And I think that that is a decent principle to uphold. So, you know, you sh- you wouldn't allow your neighbor to come storming in your house and say you didn't win the you know potluck, you know, even though you did. So. I think we should just kind of go back to human decency and trying to figure that whole thing out. But yeah, I appreciate the call. It's a confusing time for America. Well, with all that said, why don't we hit some sports? Mike Milbury is out as NBC hockey analyst. After 14 years, Milbury was a staple for the sport. Everybody loved his patented commentary, the way he talked very well. Gotta say, I'm gonna miss Mike. Uh, haven't watched a lot of hockey. I, I haven't watched a lot of games without Mike. Uh, we're gonna have to see what how that looks, how it sounds. The new face of NBC coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by AntiCovidShirt.com. AntiCovidShirt.com, the official site for the official anti-COVID shirt, comes in two classic colors, black or white, made with a large percentage of cotton as well as other materials. For a limited time, head to AntiCovidShirt.com. Enter your credit card information for full price. AntiCovidShirt.com. What are you, pro-COVID? All right, everybody, today we have Nick Hinton on the show. Nick Hinton is a dimension-jumping artist, author, and philosopher. We are very pleased to have him. Nick, how are you doing today? Great, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm, uh, I'm sipping on my uh, coffee and my favorite cup, and uh, uh, life's good. Life's good. <laughs> I'm kind of doing the same. I'm drinking one of my favorite uh, caffeine waters. Caffeine Can't water? Do- what is that? <laughs> it's just water with caffeine in it, and it's... Uh, a little bit flavored so where, this is where where do you get the caffeine well no they just sell them like this but it's only at certain stores i can't find them anywhere besides like toledo to be honest okay that's cool that sounds really futuristic it's kind of in line with uh, your whole vibe <laughs> well i just like coffee annoys me because uh you have to wait for it to cool down so i like these caffeine waters because you can drink them right away well, you just put a ton of milk in there, and then you got a nice little cold, hot coffee, you know? that That's true, but I like my coffee black, so. Yeah, well, then you're kind of screwed there. <laughs> uh, so, let's just jump right in. Uh, what is dimension jumping? Well, dimension jumping to me is kind of a metaphor, but also I do believe it can be something very literal. So, for me, dimension jumping is just, I think we're dimension jumping all the time, every day, so... I'm not like a physicist, so I can't explain this that well, but there's this physicist who's trying to work on a theory of everything named Nassim Haramein, and um, he believes that atoms never actually technically move. They're just constantly rearranging, like blipping out of existence and then blipping back into existence in different positions. So reality Mm. is constantly rearranging. It's never actually moving. And he believes you can actually, you know, so your thoughts can affect that. And so he believes that when you change your idea of the past that information will actually feed into the feedback loop that is reality shifting around and so if you start believing in a different past you'll actually affect your future and all this crazy stuff so for me that's kind of how i've learned to quote unquote dimension jump Mm -hmm. um so for me it's just it's a way of manifesting uh goals it's kind of just another law of attraction technique but then there's also literal dimension jumping, which is something that I haven't really messed with in depth because it's kind of a scary idea. Um, there's some occultists that created Tesseract magic. Um, Charles Lee Reese 
and there's not much about it online. I know there's a few books floating around out there that are kind of hard to get a hold of, but Charles Lee Rees created Tesseract Magic and basically is this really confusing ritual or series of rituals where you construct a tesseract either in your mind like you visualize it or you literally draw it on the ground or something but according to this dude you could actually create a four-dimensional cube and kind of use it to transport yourself to another universe and supposedly it's really dangerous because people would start ending up in bizarre worlds and they wouldn't know how to get back so they got rid of the whole thing from the internet in your first book, The Saturn Time Cube Simulation, the Tesseract plays uh, a significant role in that. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. So can we talk a little bit about what what that is? Um, basically, you kind of think that we live in a simulation. Yeah, correct. So basically, I think, I mean, I don't know for sure. I kind of love uh, Robert Anton Wilson's philosophy of, you know, being extremely agnostic towards everything, whether it mm -hmm. be conspiracies or the news or just something someone tells you, you know, be agnostic towards everything and keep your mind open at all times. So mm -hmm. I don't know if this is like actually true, but it seems that there's this synchronistic pattern in all these movies and ancient cultures and, you know, even modern architecture that point to this black cube being a symbol for material reality. And this black mm -hmm. cube ties back to Saturn um, because there's a hexagon on Saturn's North Pole. And if you draw some lines on the inside of a hexagon, you get a two-dimensional view of a three-dimensional cube so what i've kind of you know deduced from that is that these black cubes that are a symbol of saturn all over the world these are three-dimensional views of a four-dimensional cube because saturn being the god of time chronos it would make sense that this cube is the time cube just in my opinion it sounds it might be a stretch for some people but then you sure. have movies you, you have movies like interstellar that kind of bring these two things together um, in Interstellar, there's a wormhole next to Saturn. They go in. By the end of the movie, the main character ends up in this tesseract at the bottom mm -hmm. of a black at the bottom of a black hole. And in occult magic and symbolism, a lot of occultists compare the black hole sun to Saturn, or they call it the black sun. So, can we, will you keep going on that a little bit? So, where are you getting your where are you getting your um, your research or your your uh, the ideas to put together this theory. I mean, have have you heard other people saying this also? Oh yeah. Okay. So the first person's research I ever kind of stumbled upon was Occult Science One Hundred and One, just this crazy YouTube channel that's kind of really out there. But he was talking about the time cube and Saturn being the god of this world and the god of time and us being in a simulation. And um, there wasn't a lot of stuff out there, but it was an idea that I became fascinated by and obsessed with. So. I just started noticing the symbolism in a, in a bunch of different in a bunch of different movies. So I started connecting the dots, and then you know, synchronistically finding other information that seemed to back that up. But like I said, you know, Robert Anton Wilson says to remain agnostic towards everything, and a part of that is realizing that your own cognitive bias can create models of reality. So like, if you start if you believe in something yeah. wholeheartedly, you'll start finding things in reality that back up your beliefs because you're not going to look for anything else yeah but um yeah one it's, it's like when you <clears throat> when you start uh noticing the same car yeah yeah everywhere exactly because, yeah batter meinhof phenomenon yeah, that's interesting um uh-huh but yeah so then i eventually stumbled upon david ike though david ike's been saying this for a very long time that he believes saturn is projecting a holographic reality over earth and so we're kind of stuck in this limited 3D realm where we can only see like less than a percent or maybe it's, I don't know, the number keeps changing every time I check, but it's, you know, a very, uh -huh. very small percentage of the full light spectrum that we're actually able to perceive. So we're kind of stuck in this 
pocket reality. And in my opinion, this pocket reality is a tesseract. It's a closed loop of time. It's a time loop. I know that uh, this is an idea you're presenting and not one that you're necessarily 100% committed to believing in. Um, But if this is the case, then there are some questions that come afterwards, like who put us here and why? Yeah. And maybe what what's the point? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I'm not totally sure. I mean, I kind of like the Gnostic text. A lot of the Gnostic texts talk about... There's a, there's a bunch of different variations of how they say the universe came into creation, but basically there was an ultimate source, which was God, and then he created a, some being and that being created you know some other beings and those beings created a bunch of other beings so there's like a hierarchy of realities and gods obviously there's Mm -hmm. obviously there's still one ultimate god but eventually super far down the pyramid of gods the the spiritual substance became more and more dense and the thing that we're made out of became more and more dense and so we're at the like the very base of the pyramid where we're stuck in 3d material reality which is very slowly vibrating uh, energy and so it seems to be solid and that's mm-hmm. that's kind of where i think we're at right now and honestly if there's a purpose of it i think it's just to i th- you know it's the cliche that's a schoolroom or something like that that's kind of yeah. what i believe yeah i've heard that a decent amount and it sort of uh checks out when you go through different religions i mean in some ways those there's sort of is this uh you know uh test um narrative you know yeah and honestly, I think the class, this classroom is kind of a choice. I mean, you can choose to look at it as a classroom or a trap or however you perceive it, it will yeah. reflect that, it will reflect that back to you. But I think ultimately what the answer is is something something that's kind of like Buddhism or Zen. It's more so there's nothing to lose, nothing to gain. You can kind of mm-hmm. just decide to dro- you can drop out of class if you want to and just realize that you know all of these things are just distractions. Anything outside of you is illusory. But on the other hand, I think partaking in the illusion can be good too. So like not everyone's going to become a Buddha or a Bodhisattva, you know, in this lifetime. So do you subscribe to reincarnation um, in in this sort of situation in which we would be in in a simulation? Yeah, I think reincarnation is probably what keeps our souls coming back into this, you know, realm. So yeah, like I said, the time cube, the Tesseract is another version of the Taurus field. And if you look up what a Taurus field is, it's basically a, a time loop. It's a, uh, I don't know. Have you ever seen a, sh- have you ever seen a Klein bottle? Uh, let me look it up. So basically the Klein bottle, it's just an update. It's just a more complex version of a Mobius strip. That's the example I should have used. So basically a Mobius strip. <laughs> yeah. A Mobius strip is just a, you know, it's a two dimensional shape because it only has one side, but it, in 3D space, you can see that it's a loop. So I think time is the same way. Where we we perceive it as going in one direction, you know, going in a straight line. But if you were to perceive it from the fourth uh-huh. dimension, you would see a loop that connects um, where the end where the end is is also the beginning, the alpha and the omega. It's one point. It's a singularity. Yeah. And so since that's that would be the nature of of this situation, I keep calling it a situation. Yeah. Um, yeah is uh is one of the reasons why you have this sort of or we would have this ability to do as you call dimension jumping or sort of changing your reality yes exactly so uh one of the ways i kind of look at this time cube thing if you look up a picture of a tesseract you'll see that it's 
a bunch of so you know how the net of a cube is shaped like a cross correct yeah so you, you mean so you, the when you're doing the 2d representation of the tesseract yeah so when you when you if you unfold a cube it's a cross so if you yeah. take a two-dimensional cross and you fold it up in a 3d space you have a three-dimensional cube well if you have a net of 3d cubes six cubes and you fold them on top of each other in the 4d space that's a tesseract and so i think all of these different mm-hmm. cube all these different cubes that exist within the tesseract are kind of like different rooms in a house that are stacked on top of each other but you can't necessarily perceive them so dimension jumping would just be figuring out how to enter one of those hidden rooms okay so i've had uh noah lampert on the show before do you know noah yeah me and noah have talked multiple times cool so when he talks about and a lot of his stuff is is very neville goddard um and for the listeners neville goddard basically is is saying that you create your own reality something along the lines of that how how would you reconcile the idea that everyone is creating their own reality and like what sort of logistical challenges would be in play in in that sort of uh environment well, yeah, so that's why I said it's dimension jumping can also be used as a metaphor. So if you're trying to reach another timeline or whatever, this is just another example of creating your own reality. You're not necessarily creating it. I kind of believe in the multiverse theory. So within this time cube, this Tesseract, there is a near infinite amount of realities according to the laws of physics that this you know place allows. So... If you want to create your own reality, you're basically just tapping into one of the rooms that already exists within this four-dimensional house. Does that make sense? Yeah, so in a world of infinite possibility, you just pick a possibility. Yes, exactly. And I'm pretty sure Neville Goddard had a story where he did end up visiting a parallel world where he met someone that had died in his regular life or something like that. I don't don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think I've heard something something similar to that. I guess... uh, and I might edit this out because I don't want to seem like an uh, a sociopath. But um, I remember at the beginning of COVID feeling like it was my fault. Um, in that, like, oh, I chose this reality. Yeah, did you, have, I, did you yeah. have something like that? Yeah, I was actually wondering that this morning. So maybe that's not such a bad thing, though, because I was thinking like all right, well, you're into this realm of conspiracy and the world ending and all this other kind of crap. And I was like, maybe I chose this timeline. And if I did, well, I mean, but even if I did, maybe there's a reason behind that, that my higher self or, you know, my subconscious knows. Maybe it's a part of my individuation that I'm not aware of. You know, maybe I was meant to believe these things. Maybe I chose this timeline because it is the one where people wake up. You know, it seems like conspiracy is becoming mainstream and people are, there is a spiritual revival going on, whether it be, new age or christian or or mm-hmm. whatever it seems uh, the good part is that people are just asking questions in this timeline so yeah i've i've thought that maybe i accidentally chose this but it doesn't have to be a bad thing you know what i mean yeah i i've kind of been turning the corner on that over the last few days to be honest or maybe closer to a week where i started to limit a little bit of the external uh, information that I'm getting and, and doing more internal listening and, and being present with what's going on in my life. And, um, it's kind of funny to like stand in the face of everything that's going on and, and be happy, you know? Yeah. It almost feels wrong. It's cause it's like, should I be upset that everything seems to be burning? And, yeah. um, but I'm the same exact way for a long, long while. I was just totally immersed in my work. And, you know, after my first book was done and I kind of got bored of like, you know, being obsessed with the Saturn time cube, Mm -hmm. I started, you know, 
indulging in Twitter again and indulging in the news again and just looking looking at what's going on that's interesting, but there's not many interesting things going on. Most of the stuff you're going to see is just, hey, the world's on fire and everyone's pissed off. And it's like, holy shit, I thought this was going to get better by the time I was done with my break, you know? <laughs> and so I definitely find myself getting really upset still but i'm trying to i'm trying to work on that you know i thought i had a good handle on it i thought i was doing a good job at being neutral and creating my reality but there's a part of me that seems like it's like they don't want us to live a good life like it's getting harder and harder you know they're censoring people they're um you know they're shutting down everyone's workplace i understand it might yeah. be in everyone's best interests mm -hmm. but you know it's it's getting harder and harder and um you know there's always a way though there's always a way even in the toughest of times to figure things out. I mean, I think Neville Goddard was rising up, you know, becoming a prominent person during the Great Depression. And so uh -huh. if we're in this time loop thing that I talk about, you know, history repeats itself and we might just be in another situation like that where, you know, we're going to have to come up with new creative solutions. Well, certainly we are going to have to, especially if the rules of the game keep changing so rapidly. Right. When I talk to some people about stuff like this and I think about like, beings on higher dimensions there seems to be and i'm stumbling everywhere around this but like the god or gods or angels or all these characters that are higher than us dimensionally have some sort of similar narrative structure and it would seem like they wouldn't have the same sort of uh narrative structure yeah does that, um, does that make sense yeah no i, I understand um so this has been going on for a very, very long time, but ironically, I just stumbled upon all of this information, like uh, Dolores Cannon and the, yeah. law, the law of one and like Michael Tessari, Tessarian mm -hmm. and John D and all these other people like John D yeah. is really, really old. Um, he was writing about this kind of stuff in like the 1800s, but something that they all talked about which I find really interesting because, you know, this, these are all different branches of research that are totally independent of one another, but they all seem to say the same thing is that earth is actually the whole entire earth is under quarantine. And there's a bunch of beings that are here in higher dimensions that are not allowed to leave because, um, like I said, this place is supposed to be kind of a classroom and according to all these different researchers and people that have channeled these beings, this planet is in a sense, a prison planet or a classroom, depending on how you look at it. And they're trying to, like, there's a supposedly this council of beings that are keeping us quarantined here until we're spiritually mature enough to interact with the rest of the universe. So I think huh. there, I think there is a, a battle between good and evil going on in dimensions above us. And there's also, you know, limited freedom as well. So tell us a little bit about the second book. Okay. So the second book is, um, you know, it's, it's starting off where the first one left off, obviously. It's it's going deeper yeah. into the Saturn time cube simulation. But what I believe is that, you know, maybe the cube is, you know, reality is going to become more free. I think even though it seems the opposite right now, I think all of, all of these uh -huh. are just symptoms of a world that's waking up. And I don't know, I hate to use that terminology because it sounds new age and stuff like that and sometimes i honestly struggle and i go back and forth between you know is occult science worth looking into or should i just be a christian should i just be a buddhist you know i'm not really sure what the total answer is but there's definitely an awakening going on yeah. and whether it be you know the second coming or maitreya coming back from buddhism or you know whatever uh -huh. it is um i think that reality is going to become a little bit stranger and this limited you know, 
this limited reality that we've been living in that we're used to is going to start opening up and getting a little bit more weird. So I think the, the laws of physics are going to start to change. You know, we've been living in a Newtonian universe for a very long time, but now we're starting to discover all these things about quantum physics and science is totally changing and we have quantum computers and they want to build a quantum internet. So in the age of Aquarius, things are going to become a little bit more wavy rather than solid like the cube. When you talked about the internet, uh, do you have any thoughts on the coming AI and how how exposed we are with our data and our consciousness and what, what sort of ramifications this is going to have when we look at a, at a future moving forward? Um, yeah, I mean, AI is definitely something I'm weary of. Um, an odd synchronicity I found while writing my second book um, is that Charles Howard Hinton invented the Tesseract. And I didn't know that while writing my first book. But his great-grandson is Geoffrey Hinton, the godfather of AI. Or Jeffrey Hinton, I don't know how you pronounce it. I just figured this stuff out. But he was quoted, because he's one of the godfathers of AI. He you know, laid the foundations for deep learning and stuff like that. And um, mm-hmm. he was having a conversation with, um, who's the guy who came up with simulation theory? I think it was Nick Bostrom. And so they're having conversations. Or So he asked him if he's worried about AI and whatever, and he's like, yeah, I am. Like, uh, we don't have a very good track record of messing with things that are more intelligent than us. And he thinks that he, he's like, and just think about the way the internet is now. Like, they're definitely going to use AI. They're going to exploit its power to, you know, intelligence agencies will probably use it to, you know, get way more information on people. So that's something he's very worried about. But he also, when he was asked, he's like, okay, so why do you keep studying it? And he's like, well, the honest answer is, you know, the prospect of discovery is just too sweet. So it's like an example. Mm. Of, uh, it's an example of curiosity killed the cat. And yeah, I, but I don't know. So like I was kind of thinking everyone's got to do something. So this is just this guy's vessel's purpose. You know, maybe AI plays a role that, you know, it's supposed to be here. It's, it's something that's going to, you know, there's a script that's playing out, you know, God wrote this big story or the source or whatever you want to call it. Mm. And, Everything's got to happen just as it is. So I'm worried about AI, but I think it's unavoidable. Yeah. Sometimes when I take this to sort of a projection realm, I I can imagine us becoming less and less physical through AI's emergence, if that makes sense. And then physicality itself sort of wilting and withering away. Yeah. And then us as a super conscious AI sort of being remorseful and missing physicality and sort of hitting the reset button and and creating the simulation. Yeah, so if it's a time loop, I think that they will, you know, there's a possibility. I'm hoping that this doesn't happen, but there is, I've, I've often thought about what if this is just the end of the time loop and it's about to begin again? What if they create another simulation within the simulation and then we transfer over to that? Because, you know, maybe yeah. we might destroy this world or something or they'll promise us immortality or something crazy. And, yeah. And then we'll go into that new dream and then we'll forget we're asleep and then it'll happen again. Yeah, that's something I, I kind of uh, refer to as uh, the inevitability of God. Because, mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. like, if, if people don't believe in God, then I think they should entertain the idea that eventually looking at technology and advancing and advancing we're going to resemble something that will be able to create uh, something that looks exactly like this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we already are. I mean, that's obvious. We're creating video games and computer games that, you know, almost look just like real life. So if you go a hundred years in the future, you know, it's not hard to believe that we would have games that look exactly like real life. 
wouldn't be indistinguishable from mm-hmm. reality. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can see a I can see a Ready Player One type situation happening. You know, everyone's trapped in their house. Everyone's using Zoom to talk to each other. Everyone's working from home. You know, I think it's only a matter of time until VR really takes off. Yeah, for sure. Especially with with the the emergence of COVID, um, that's really speeding everything up. Seemingly, mm-hmm. can you see? positive outcomes that we're headed toward in in the future can you imagine a positive future yeah um i mean there's definitely a possibility that ai would you know it would take over a bunch of working class jobs simpler jobs you know i'm sure ai would learn to cook and flip burgers and you know even become a lawyer they could also do they could also do accounting so it would get rid of a bunch of jobs if it ever took over or became super advanced um yeah but there's also the possibility that with all these jobs gone it would make room for new jobs which are more creative based or love based you know like nurses and nannies and stuff like that that would probably be like a huge industry or like you know just artists and musicians and poets and you know it would give people the time to be more creative but you know Mm -hmm. people got to work and people need to have money to live but maybe there'll be universal income and they'll want people to be creative. I don't know, but that's the one thing that I've thought about that would be good is that people would have a lot more time to do what they actually want to do if we go towards the right direction. What do you think about um, what seems to be sort of a basic law of, of human nature and that we need a sense of purpose? Like we need projects, you know, we need like things to work on. Yeah. Um, do you see that as being potential issue? Um with with AI taking a lot of that purpose from people? No, I mean, I think people would just have to find a new one. I mean, and, you know, huh. drudging, a, drudging a nine to five is not the greatest purpose ever. I mean, some people really do enjoy That's them. True. And I used to enjoy landscaping. I found purpose in that, you know, to make someone's yard beautiful is kind of like, in, it's yeah. kind of like art to me. But yeah, I mean, there's never, there's never a shortage of purpose. You know, it's a, it's, I think purpose has infinite stipulations or, you know, infinite variables. You can, it's whatever you want it to be. So it'll just be a new set of rules to find your purpose within. So you have a pretty active Twitter. Um, what happened with that? How did, how did, uh, you start sharing these threads and, um, and getting people's attention? Um, honestly, my Twitter originally was just, you know, to follow my friends. And then one day I just saw Sam Tripoli, yeah, uh, are you familiar with him? Yeah, um, the yeah, Tinfoil Hat podcast. Yeah, yeah. So he posted um, one of my Reddit threads on Twitter, and around the same time, I also kept seeing a bunch of people do conspiracy theory threads. They were like, "Oh, the missing flight, mm-hmm. the missing flight from Malaysia conspiracy thread," or you know, "Did the world end in 2012?" And I, yeah. I had my own theory about the world ending in 2012. So I was like, "Oh, people seem to really enjoy these. Maybe I'll try one." So. First one I ever posted was the Saturn Time Cube, and that just it just blew up. And I didn't expect that at all. I just was having fun with it because I was able to add pictures to it, you know, show people the visuals as well as the information at the same time, which I feel like makes it easier to understand. Yeah, for sure. And so people just, you know, it, that went viral. And then I was like, I can't stop now. So I, would, I was doing part one, part two, part three, and then I was telling about other ideas. And yeah, it just kind of took off from that. Yeah, you have like, what, you have like, 50 threads or something? Yeah, like it's, like, it's like 50-something threads. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so just to pick one of those, why don't, do you want to run through Did the World End in 2012? Um, I could lightly touch on it. Basically, the theory is, is that in 2012, CERN found the Higgs boson, or, or the God mm-hmm. particle, 
And Stephen Hawking was warning physicists before his death. He was like, hey, if you guys mess with the Higgs field, you could cause a fluctuation in the Higgs field, which basically what he said was cause the universe to undergo catastrophic vacuum decay, which means the whole universe would just dissipate because there's this unbalance in the Higgs field or something like that. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a physicist, <laughs> but yeah. the thing that struck me about that was the world seemed to drastically change in 2012. And this also seemed to be the time when Mandela effects really, you know, Mandela effect became really popular. I'm, I know it began in 2009, but it seemed like there was a bunch more that started popping up in 2012. So, and then also if you take into account retro causality and stuff like that, maybe, maybe 2009 was being affected from the future from 2012. I don't know. That's, that's probably too out there uh, for, for people to grasp. But anyways, um, yeah. So, because of the Mandela effects, because of the Higgs boson being found, because because of the explain the Mandela effects for people. So Mandela effect is just um, basically it's when something you thought you've known to be true your whole life is now somehow wrong. You were wrong about it the whole time. So for example, the Fruit of the Loom logo, a lot of people remember it having a cornucopia, but it's never had one. Mm-hmm. However, you however you can still find really old newspaper articles that will reference the cornucopia, but the logo will be on the newspaper without it, mm-hmm. and just like really weird anomalies like that. But I believe it could be evidence of you know that we're in a different timeline. So mm-hmm. I think the old timeline might have ended in 2012 when they found the Higgs boson and accidentally destroyed the universe. And um, and the other odd thing about CERN is they say they're looking, they're trying to recreate the Big Bang. They're trying to find mini black holes. And mm-hmm. um, I think even Neil deGrasse Tyson warned that finding, trying to create mini black holes could be dangerous. But the people at CERN were like, no, 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 they're, they're so small, they'll evaporate instantly. Yeah. But I think, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson was like, no, there's a potential that it could you know, swallow up the Earth and something like that. But now there's even physicists who say it seems like we're living inside of a black hole. You know, the whole universe could be inside of a black hole. Mm-hmm. I don't know the science behind that or why they think that, but I just thought that was interesting and it aligned with my theory. But like I said, you can find things to back up any theory. So yeah. the, the Robert Anton Wilson thing is he's like models of reality, the way physicists describe the universe, these aren't actual descriptions of the universe. They're descriptions of their own mind. So you might as well just create your own model of reality and find all the things to back that up so like if you want to live in a good reality start believing in a magical model or a good model you know and so Mm -hmm. i'm kind of in this model where everything's pretty fluid and i kind of pick and choose models as i go you know like if i want to feel regular i'll turn on the office and i'll pretend you know i'll I'll use the model of the real of you know simple nice down-to-earth reality yeah and i think it's incredibly useful to entertain different ideas and to be able to entertain different ideas and put yourself in different mindsets at various times. Right. When, when we're looking at what we're seeing on Twitter and stuff like that, with there being such an intense polarization of people's worldviews, people's paradigms, and also um, there also seems to be a rise of authoritarianism. Do you have any fear that ideas or alternative lines of thinking are going to be uh, banned, outlawed, criminalized even? Are you worried about that? Yeah, I definitely do. I I think that is already happening. Um, But, you know, it's happened. It happens all the time. You know, you know, people have been burning books for centuries and this is just a new version of burning books. But, you know, obviously we always come back. So. Um, we'll just have to find new ways. I mean, maybe we'll have to leave Twitter. Maybe we'll have to leave Facebook. 
maybe we'll have to start going back to like the sixties when they would just put up posters everywhere, do underground magazines, you know, maybe that's the new form yeah. of media we'll have to utilize. I don't know what the future looks like. You know, I think if everything was set in stone, there'd be no reason for us to come here because the game wouldn't be fun. It's like, what's the point of playing yeah. if you know how it's going to end. So yeah, there, mm -hmm. there's still a chance that we could, you know, figure this out. And that's my hope. And that's what I'm trying to do with this book is to teach people that, you know, there is a chance and it comes and it starts in the revol the real revolution starts inside the individual. And so that's what I'm trying yeah. to incite in the second book. You know, I take you all the way down the rabbit hole of like how crazy this place is, but then bring you right back to, you know, everything is what you make it basically. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, Nick, um, thanks so much for being on today. Do you want to tell people where they can find you and find your stuff? Um, just N-I-C-K-H-I-N-T-O-N-N on Twitter and Instagram. And I will have a new website up soon, but I will post um, the link on those two social medias as well as the new book. I'm going to create uh, one of those QR codes that, that will take you right there at the end of the book because cool. I'm going to I'm going to implement some alternate reality game type stuff. So, yeah, it's going awesome. to be really interactive and really fun. Cool, man. Well, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, that's going to have to do it for today's episode of Make My Day. I really appreciate you coming along for the ride. Once again, thanks to our sponsor, AntiCovidShirt.com. These shirts are so comfortable. I'm wearing three right now. Uh, head to their website, AntiCovidShirt.com, to be sure to pick up at least a couple anti-COVID shirts. Make sure you, you know, you make your voice heard that you are against the virus. Uh, thanks again to Nick Hinton for being on the show. It's really been a blast. I thought it was a really good interview. He's a fantastic guy. He's got a lot of really interesting things. Be sure to check him out on Twitter at Nick Hinton with two N's at the end, H-I-N-T-O-N-N. -N. A lot of really interesting content. Um, I guess that's all I got to say. I hope you guys stay safe. Uh, and I hope you guys have a really freaking good time. Uh, we'll get through this together. We'll get through this together. All right. Bye-bye. Wake up in the morning, make you two sloppy eggs Find a piece of cheese and put it on some bread Have a cup of joe and the next thing that you know It's time for you to hit the road Make my day, I like it in the morning Make my day, and even in the afternoon Make my day, sometimes in the evening Make my day if you want to live in a good reality, start believing in a magical model.